Here is a sermon message from Somerville Community Baptist Church. To hear more sermons like this, please visit ilabscbc.org. Morning. Well, welcome to our live streaming service at Somerville Community Baptist Church. And I'm David Lee, one of the pastors here. Um, it is a wonderful day, isn't it? And why don't we just greet your family? I know you guys are just surrounded by your family. Just greet them by saying, peace be with you. Hold their hands and just hug, because you can't do that with your family, right? Peace be with you. Amen, amen. And I'm excited. Before I begin my sermon, I have to say I'm excited. And How many people um, respond to my curbside you know, pastoral visitation? There are just so many, probably like 90% of whole of our congregation, they want to receive my you know, curbside visitation. Okay, so I'm going to make my visitation starting from this Tuesday through Thursday, this coming week and next week. Three days between 1 and 6. I know some of you guys are working during those times. I will contact you in person, and we will set up a time just for you and your family later on. And this is, I have to show you, you know, this is a little tiny communion, you know, disposal kit. It has a two different layers on top of it here. There is a bread and a cup, okay? It's a securely and safely sealed and then manufactured, and I'll make sure to do the communion with you, and this is also the beautiful bookmark, thanks to the, all of our deacons, and these all funds are taken out of deacons' funds, I'll give you guys and family for this amazing, amazing bookmark. So, I am excited to see you guys. All right, so last week we started our sermon, the new summer series called The Jesus, the Master Storyteller. You talked, we talked about that, how Jesus Christ just loved to give the people a story, what we call a parable. The reason is, it's still, this parable is a simple story, the day-to-day life, the story, way the deeper meaning about the kingdom of God. And there are a lot of opponents, you know, those Pharisees and Sadducees, to try to pick all those, you know, okay, if you say one word wrong, and I will get you. So Jesus Christ needs to be careful. So he's using this cryptid statement, encrypted story, and teaching the people, those who have ear to hear, about the truth of the kingdom of God and what we should be doing. Last week, we talked about this parable of persistent widow, right? And we learned that the importance of the way that Jesus Christ expects us to pray. And I don't know about you, but as I was preaching and studying that passage, I learned it's just deep conviction of my heart. Have I prayed that way? I mean, here in America, our prayer is more like a personal dialogue. Oh, Lord, you are there. I experienced your presence. Thank you, Lord. I had this for the breakfast. And thank you for all these blessings. That's a little tiny part of our prayer life. Majority of our prayer life, as we are living in this evil world, as we're living in the world that is far from the one God intended to design. You know, we are in a better field. That's why we need a persistent prayer. That's why our prayer should be described more like wrestling with God. Our prayer should be described like the, you know, like the Apostle James's the posture. You know, his knees harden as Carmel's knees. How about your prayer life? That really helped me to remind myself what my prayer life should be as a servant of God. And today, as we continue on, 
our sermon series upon the master, Jesus the master storyteller. Um, I want to talk about the parable. Um, it's called the parable of the landowner. I'm sure you heard about it a lot. You know, the landlord, you know, when early in the morning, nine, noon, three, five, they pick up those workers and gave them all the same amount of money, and then some of them are not happy, right? And this is a familiar and very famous parable. And as I said last Sunday, I, and I promise you to give you the unfamiliar or uncommon parable that we haven't heard about it. And Pastor David, why you are preaching this? And here's the reason why. A lot of people, a lot of pastors even misunderstood this uh, you know, main theme here. The first become last, the last become first. I want to focus on that. From there, I hope I can teach you the truth about the grace of our God. That's why I entitled today's message, The Parable of God's Grace. Would you say that with me? A parable of God's grace. In fact, it's a parable of God's amazing, amazing, amazing grace. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever thought that God was unfair in your life? Have you ever thought that God is unequal or imbalanced to deal with some of the matters? Especially when you see that your beloved ones are sick all of a sudden. Times like this, especially when you saw your beloved one infected positive, tested positive with COVID-19. And some of your beloved sons or daughters are all of a sudden got sick. Have you ever thought that God is unfair? God is God of favoritism? You know, one of the stories that I actually came across, um, someone that I knew, she wanted to be a missionary. She was just surrendered to the Lord. She was planning on going to the, some parts in Asia and sacrifice, young lady, sacrifice the rest of her life. It was one night in you know, winter where she was driving, coming back from school. She was kind of swearing, um, kind of sleeping on this black ice. Hit another car because of that accident. She was paralyzed from neck to bottom. Story like that. Isn't that a fair question? Is God fair? Is God fair? I read an article, a news article the other day um, in some state um, you know, a while, while, while ago. Um, there was a drunken driver driving at night, and then he hit another car. There are five family members, including baby. This drunken driver alive, although five family members died. You know, in a moment like this, I mean, isn't that a rigid question? We try to make sense of it. Is God fair? Or is God have favoritism in our lives? You know, when you ever thought that, I think this passage is helpful. And scripture came from the Romans chapter 2 verse 11. That is going to be helpful. I'm going to read it for you. Romans chapter 2 verse 11. God does not show favoritism. That's it. God does not show favoritism. And Colossians chapter 3 verse 25 says also there is no favoritism with the Lord. When it comes to God, there is no favoritism. When it comes to God, there is no unfair. There is no imbalance. There is no unequalness. And you know, one of the best places that you can see God's impartiality is in salvation. Did you know that? One of the best places you can see God's fairness, God's equalness, is the salvation. 
No matter what, no matter what, where you came from, no matter what, how you bad, how good you were, how rich, how poor you were, and how intelligent and how little and you know knowledge you are, doesn't matter. When you receive Jesus Christ, we'll all receive the same gift that is salvation. This parable is taught the disciple and that lesson. And this parable is about to teach you through our Lord Jesus Christ and that lesson. Amazing grace that has been shown. The salvation, the mystery or power of those salvation. So let's take a look at the same way that we did the last week. Let's take a look at what is man to the first hero, that is the disciples of Jesus Christ at this case. And then also we'll talk about what does this mean to us in our life. So as we begin, I want you to notice this parable, okay, is sandwiched or bracketed by the same statement. The first one is found in Matthew chapter 19, verse 30, which says this, But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. And another same statement, also been told in Matthew chapter 20, verse 16, the last verse of today's scripture, which says the same thing. So the last will be first, and the first will be last. You know, this parable is the answer to Peter's question after the disciples and Jesus Christ, you know, encountered this rich man from the 19th chapter of God, you know, Gospel of Matthew. You know, remember the story? The rich man came through. You know, kind of boastful. Preacher, teacher, rabbi, what can I to inherit the kingdom of God? And then Jesus Christ said, did you do this? Did you do this and that and that? All these laws from the commandment. And the rich, um, rich man, rich young man said, of course I did. And Jesus Christ said, then sold every single possession. What happened? He was deeply troubled. And he left. As Peter was observing that scene, I'm sure his mind, in his mind, probably is this. Jesus Christ, I gave up everything. I gave up my family, my job. I gave up even my future for you. And Peter was asking, Lord, then what do we get when we go to heaven? Probably in his mind that Peter and disciples will be getting better because they sacrifice more compared to other believers. And respond to that, and Jesus Christ was sharing this parable. And I believe these two statements define what the parable in the middle is about. And we know it's about first being last, last being first. Let me warn you, because a lot of Christians, a lot of even pastors, I've heard a lot of preaching, took this parable, took this statement, and give you a warning of those who are probably lifetime Christian. You gotta be have, you gotta be careful, even though that you've been all living your lifetime, you are the first, but you can be the last. Also, use this passage to give you the words of encouragement, right? Words of encouragement to those who just became. Christian at the very last moment of their life, saying that it's okay, you are the last, but you can be the first in the kingdom of God. You heard about that? But that's not what this says. This doesn't say, even though you started first, you can be the last. Or even though you started very last, you can be the first. 
That's not what this parable is all about. And I believe that to understand this parable, to understand this statement, first become last, last will become the first. I think the best way for us to understand is a track make. Have you ever done, let's say, 800 track make? You know, I was good at it. When I was a middle schooler, um, I actually went into the competition on the state level. You know what the 800 you know, meter track meet is, right? There are the seven or eight runners at the beginning start line. When this gun goes up, you're just running and running. Usually a couple of you know, tracks around, right? Because that is smaller than other Olympic size of the track. So at the end of the finish line, the first one comes in, the second one comes in, and third one comes in, and so forth, right? So when we read this statement, the first be last, last will be first, you may think that it means the runners in the first place will be placed at the end of the line. The runner who are crossing the last, coming to the last, will be placed at the very first line, will be moved up. But that's not what it says here. Listen carefully. The only way, the only way, listen to this, the first will be last. Last will be first at the same time. When they cross the finish line is when they cross the finish line at the same time. Did you get that? The only way the first will be last and the last will be first is when they hit the finish line, I think what we call dead hit, right? You guys ever seen in Olympics? Usually happens in 100 meter dash while ago, 1980s and 1990s, where there's no higher technology. When these runners are just finishing the line at the exact same time, all these decimals, third or fourth decimals, exactly same time. That's what this statement says. First become last. Last become first. How that is possible? Because they all get into this finish line at the same time. That's why the first can be the last and last can be the first. So this proverb or this statement, the first become last, last become first, means everyone finish the kingdom of God the same time, right? That's what it says because this parable is about the kingdom of God. And Jesus really saying, and Peter and disciples and everybody, even though that you commit your life for the rest of your life, somebody who probably came from prostitute, that's believing Jesus Christ, those who are saved. No, you guys all equal. When it comes to enter the kingdom of God, that finish line, you guys are all same. I'm not a God of favoritism. I'm not going to graze you. I'm not going to just see all the work that you have done here. And I'm sure that you're probably confused right now. Okay, how about everybody who's worked here so long and all their life? And how about just at the end of their life, right before he or she died, just receive Jesus Christ? That's not fair. Is it fair or is it not fair? If you ever think that's not fair, I want you to just stay tuned. I want you to just continue to be carefully listening to what I'm about to tell you in this parable. To help us understand what this means, the Lord Jesus Christ gives us this parable. He says at the very beginning, 
kingdom of God is like in verse 2, right? And there is a landowner of the vineyard. It's about the harvest time. You know, until the harvest time, he didn't really need a lot of workers. But when it comes to harvest time, because it's all ripe grapes, you really need a lot of people to finish up at the same, you know, within a couple of days because it doesn't give you a lot of days. You know how hot in the Middle Eastern, right? And think about that. If all those grapes probably leave it there for the next, you know, three, four more days, it will not be the point that you cannot use it for sailing because it will be overripe. So he needed so many workers, especially the time of harvest. So he went out to the marketplace and he's hiring all those who are standing there waiting for their job. Usually they're day workers. They start working at 6 o'clock until 6 p.m. It's a 12-hour job. And then those hired workers um, in an ancient Israel history, they were usually the lowest people on the social class. They are the lowest class of workers. They're basically unskilled, uneducated, unemployed, unless somebody hires you day by day. They were desperate. They needed a job because without working, them and him and also his family are going to not to have any food to eat on the table at dinner. Day-to-day living, they are the lowest of the lowest in terms of social status. Comparing this, there are servants, there are slaves. At least they are better because they have mastered. Even though they are poor, at least they have a day-to-day food on their table to feed themselves and also to feed their family. But unlike even those slaves and those servants, these day-to-day workers, daily workers, perhaps they are the worst, worst possible in that circumstances. So those daily workers would gather at some point in the early morning, the marketplace. They would wait for someone to come by and also hire them. According to the story, one day this landowner of the vineyard came at 6 in the morning and hired people and also promised to them that I'll give you one denarii. I want you to hold on to this one denarii, okay? Many people think that, okay, this is a day wage. That's right, this is a day wage. But this is not a day wage of those daily workers. These are the day wage of the Roman soldiers, okay? Get this. Put that in your mind. So, he promised those workers to pay them a lot more than they deserve. And he came back around 9 o'clock in the morning, came back around noon, came back around 3, came back even around 5 p.m. because there are still people who are waiting to get the daily job so they can actually feed their family. And in verse, verse 8, we see this. Let's read it all together. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard um, said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. So the foreman lines up those workers, right? And when this 
uh, the workers who work full day, 6 in the morning and 6 p.m. in the evening, 12 hours, you know, receiving all this heat and the hot weather. When they sow, um, the guy was picked up and only worked an hour. He was given a denarii. Feel like, you know what, I deserve more. Very exciting. Probably in his mind, or in their mind, they think that, oh, if I get this extra money, you know, what I'm going to do for my kids, for my wife, for my house. They're excited. But when their time comes and found out, they're also given only one denarii. Same as the one who only worked one hour. Bible says they were grumbled. They're just furious. They're just so mad. And verse 13 and says this, But the master, the landowner, answered one of them, Friends, I am not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? And verse 15 says this, Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious or jealous because I am generous? So that's a story. You know, this vineyard landowner says, I promise you that I'll give you one denarii. That's what I gave you. And why you guys are anxious? Why you guys are grumble? Think about the one denarii is actually a lot more than you can deserve. You cannot earn that one denarii just by working one day. And why you are mad? Why you are unhappy? That's the story. And this Famous parable, and by the first become last, and the last will become first. See that? So what's the point? What is the spiritual message here? What Jesus is teaching, remember this is about the kingdom of God. What Jesus is teaching about the kingdom of God is this. This is not a parable or economics. This is not how you have to pay for your employee or employee's benefit. It is a parable about the kingdom of God. It is a parable about heavenly principles. The principle is this. No matter how long, no matter how short, no matter how hard, no matter how easy the circumstances, and no matter how sincere the other way that you serve our Lord Jesus Christ at the end equally you will receive the same full very generous reward which is eternal life which is the kingdom of God those who come first to God will receive no more than those who come last those who come last will receive no less than those who come first the last will be first. The first will be last. You know what this means? This means the same eternal life in Christ will be given and will be received by all both elderly men who are just about to die and because of faithfulness of their family, he received a Jesus Christ. Or the someone who was just born in the church and grew up and received Jesus Christ you know, at the Sunday school or vacation Bible school and leave his or her life and so forth to the end. Both of them will receive the same amount of gift that is the salvation. I believe this means a young lady who was saved and became a missionary, serving the God all her life, sacrificing her life and family and her friends, her finances and comfort. She will receive 
as much as the kingdom of God and salvation as the lady perhaps who sold her body uh, for money to the hundreds of men and used God's name in vain, but somehow to the very last minute of her life, and she got to know Jesus Christ, and she did receive him. Both of those ladies, missionary and prostitute, will receive the same gift. That is more than you can deserve. That is the salvation. You know what that means? That means that the thieves on the cross, remember the thieves on the cross, on Jesus Christ, the same gift will be given as a thief on the cross, as even Apostle Paul. I want you to get this. I want you to get this point. The first will be last, and last will be first. In God's kingdom of grace, everyone, no matter when you receive Jesus Christ, no matter how long you work for God, you will receive the same amount of eternal life. This is the lesson that we learn from this landowner, the parable of landowner. And I'm sure at this point, you probably think, you know what, if that's the case, I'm not living my life right. You know, how about someone who will squander all life from the beginning to the end and very last moment of his or her life receive Jesus Christ and I go to heaven. You ever thought about that? I didn't think about that when I was a little, right? As I knew the secret of the salvation in the kingdom of God, everybody's equal, everybody will be receive the same salvation. I feel like, you know what, it's not fair. I'm sacrificing my time and my life. You know, my life as a son of the chief elder of the Korean Presbyterian Church was very busy because my father was serving small church like us. Only have around, at that time, around 100 congregation. So I was, you know, my ministry or my Sunday started from Friday. I joined the young adult meeting. And Saturday, I joined another Bible study. And Sunday, I was a teacher at Sunday school. I uh, joined the praise and worship. You know, I was singing in the choir. Like, and I feel like, oh my God, it's not fair. Am I getting the same salvation that someone who just squandered his or her life and living all his life exactly opposite way that I live? enjoy every single Sundays, sleeping late, it's just going with their family members and going to hike or fishing every single Sundays. And if he or she received Jesus Christ at the very last moment, is he going to have the same salvation? Yes. That is the truth. But I want you to understand this clearly. Because there was a moment um, as I encounter you know, one of our um, you know, the people from our community. I was invited from our, one of our members to give him um, baptism as he was very ill and his life will be end very soon. So I went there and I brought my baptism kit and I shared about Jesus Christ. I made sure that he did receive Jesus Christ. And in that moment, I baptized him in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. And this is what he told me. This is what he told me. He said, oh God, pastor, I love this. I wish I've known Christ a lot earlier. Did he say that? Well, you know what? I'm lucky because I enjoy my life. And this very last moment, I did receive my Lord Jesus Christ. So I have my ticket to the heaven. No, he did not say that. There was regret. 
Oh, pastor, I wish I knew our Lord Jesus Christ. My life would be better. I would live my life a little bit better. When there was a difficult time, I was on the drug. I wasn't on the drug. I was on probably on the prayer and probably the word of God. You see that? Do you still see that the last minute of salvation is better than who you are right now? No. We received Jesus Christ at the very early. As I was studying this parable, my heart was pumped. I was uplifted. I was thankful to my parents that they guided me, led me into the right place from the very beginning because that's my privilege. I know when the time was difficult, when I was sick, when I was very ill, and it was God. It was the word of God. It was the prayer of my church and my parents that got me. In other words, it was God. It was Jesus Christ who helped me, who encouraged me, who uphold me. Days like this, I don't know how people live without our Lord Jesus Christ. You see that? Why it is a privilege. You may not have more rewards upon the heaven that you are already rewarded more than enough about the, the fact that because of the, you received Jesus Christ earlier. Does that make sense to you? I hope that you really understood that because I was one of them who thought, if the lady who's been squandered all her life, let's say as a prostitute, in the very last moment, received Jesus Christ as her own Savior, oh, I thought, you know what, she's better because I, I sacrificed all my life. And as I was thinking that, which reminds me of the elderly brother of the prodigal son. That's exactly how I was. That's exactly what Tim Keller keeps saying, sin underneath sin. You see that? That's why we should be grateful. That's why it makes total sense the first, the first will become last. Last will become first. Because in terms of God's view, there is no favoritism. We all enter to the kingdom of God with the same reward, with the same right, with the same joy, with the same words of encouragement. But there's a difference though. If you received Jesus Christ at an earlier age, oh, God will give you more guidance. How many of you ever thought that, Lord, I need your wisdom right now? How many of you ever thought that, I don't know what to do with this old struggles and trials of my life. Lord, I need your protection. How many of you ever prayed as you are sending your kids out to college right now, or kids out to school, or kids out to someplace else, just praying that, Lord, Protect him, protect her, protect them. It's possible, right? Because we have our Lord Jesus Christ who listens to us, always care for what we pray, who always eager to answer to our prayers. Did you get that? That is a privilege that we can learn. So I believe there are three lessons. I just want to show, you know, just shortly give you about this God's grace, that we can actually wrap up this sermon. The first lesson that we can learn from this parable is this. God's grace gives everyone a place of work in his kingdom. Amen? God's grace gives you every single one of you in a place that you can serve. It doesn't matter that you are born Christian. It doesn't matter that you are kind of midway Christian. It doesn't matter that you are the last ticket Christian. God has given you each individual according to your talent, according to your capacity, according to your ability. God gives you a place to work. And our job is just be faithful. 
Isn't that wonderful? And I was telling Avel and Stacy the other, I think the last Sunday, isn't that wonderful? It's a privilege that we come here in the house of the Lord worship while the other people are not be able to, right? That's your talents. God is asking you to continue to serve that way. You know, with the grace of God, it doesn't matter how good or bad, how mature and mature, how you know, rich or how poor you are. God has a place for you here in this community, here on earth. So make sure to be faithful. Make sure to find that God's calling upon you. Perhaps you're at the, at the end of your life. Your, your job is to pray, right? Your job is constantly giving God praise through the reading the Bible, through the prayer. Every single people is given a job. According to this parable, it doesn't matter. 12 hours, doesn't matter one hour, they're all given a job. But who are more privileged if, if this is the kingdom of God? 12 hours one, right? Because 12 hours one is working all his day to support, to help the kingdom. Wow, this guy was only helping one hour. The second point is this. God's grace gives us more than we deserve. This is the key, okay? I want you to understand it. God's grace gives you more than what we deserve. Understand that. As I said, this one denarii, it's not the one denarii of the daily walkers. No, it is the one denarii of Roman soldiers' wage, their salary, which means they can have it. They can afford to have this one denarii by just working one day, perhaps days, perhaps even weeks, to get denarii. You see that how generous that was. Why this guy who worked 12 hours are complaining, grumbling, even though he knew this is a lot more than he deserved? That's a grace. That is a grace. Grace gives us more than what we deserve. I hope you understand that. It doesn't matter. You work whole life for the glory of God. You, love, you work myself like a pastor who sacrificed the rest of your life for the glory of God. But if you can put those in the scales, okay? This is all the work that you did that you are going to be doing on earth. This is the grace of God. Like this, right? This is it. Understand that. If you truly understand that, you'll be always grateful. No matter what circumstances that you are walking, even though you're walking in the shadow of valley of death, you feel like everything is against you, feel like there is no way out, you can still be, thank you, Lord. You can still praise God. Why? Because of this grace. Because of this grace that is a lot more, a lot bigger than what you deserve. The last lesson is this, last principle about God's grace. God's grace is less enjoyable with a deserving attitude. God's grace is less enjoyable, enjoyable with your deserving attitude. You guys ever seen someone? You know what, God, what's happening here? Every single life or time or week and month that I've served, I don't deserve this. You ever said that, if you are honest with me? Lord, I don't deserve this. You know, I've been going to church every single week. I've been going to Bible study. I've been praying every day. I've been reading the Bible every day. What's happening here? Perhaps you are not receiving or understanding, embracing, acknowledging this weight of the blessing of grace because of your deserving heart. It doesn't matter. As I said at the beginning, this poor lady, poor young lady, who commit her life for the glory of God, who decided to become a missionary, and one accident got her paralyzed from neck to bottom. 
You know what she does? She's writing a journal and book. She's actually having her own blogs, you know, writing it within her own her eye, on her mouth, kind of typing. You heard that? Someone who paralyzed from the neck to bottom? Someone who truly understood the weight of grace. How wonderful, how amazing that God's grace is. That's why, even though he complained, she complained perhaps a little bit toward the end, she understood. You know what? I don't deserve this here. Perhaps I deserve on earth right now is here and top only. But I can still praise God. I can still worship him. I can still do the ministry with only my neck and top because I've got my sound knowledge, sound mind, sound spirit. I've got my mouth so I can write. I can even speak. Wow. That's it. That is someone who truly understands the grace of God. Regardless of your circumstances. And I'm sure that all of you are better than that lady. Did you get the answer? Especially from the unfairness of God upon her case. I did get an answer. I found an answer. And I was grateful. Why? It doesn't matter. First will become the last will first. Why? Because at the end, regardless of how much you work, if you put the scales of all your work on the grace of God, right? It's like that. Grace of God is just like this. By understanding and acknowledging that, oh man, you'll be serving regardless of your circumstances. You can still be thankful regardless of your circumstances. You can still say, thank you, Lord. I praise God. I praise that I'll lift your name. Even though you got cancer, even though that you are dying, even though you lost your job, even though you know, you've perhaps you lost your wife, lost your kids. I know it's hard to say, very painful to say. can't imagine losing my family member. Even if that happened because of the grace of God, because of the promise of the kingdom, you can still say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. My dear brothers and sisters, I know we are walking in very uncertain time, very difficult time. You know, as a pastor, I was troubled. I was wondering, I was weary from the March, probably upon the like July. You know, I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to minister to people. I didn't know how to do well in this live streaming. As a someone whose language in, in English is a second language. You know, that's why I have all this, you know, screen. That's why I'll just try to engage. So even though my, perhaps the language is not as perfect, you can still get the message. You can still communicate with me in the important truth about the Word of God. And as I was thinking about all oh, this, oh my God. On top of that, our beloved Grace, you know, she's home all the time except just 12, I'm 20, 15 to 20 hours of the week. So I'm, I was swamped and struggling with my time management. And also between my wife and myself because we are both are busy. They're like, oh Lord, I don't know what to do. How do I minister? How do I drive? And how do I deliver this church to your kingdom? Because there are so many questions, so many uncertainties. that We see there's so many, perhaps, unfairness of you, Lord. Partiality or favoritism of you. Somebody died immediately with the COVID-19. Someone still alive with just having a big party without even wearing masks. feel like, that's not fair. That's not fair in our own human, age, human eyes. 
That is fair. When we put the grace of God at the center of our life, that's it. Brothers and sisters, if you're going through a very difficult time, make sure that you learn the true, amazing message about the grace of God. It's not about this word. It's not about all the blessings that you have been receiving. It's not about all your struggles, all your trials. No, it is about the eternity. It's about the kingdom of God. It is about the heaven. It is about the salvation. From there, I hope you'll be able to find a great hope. From there, I hope you'll be able to find a great amount of encouragement. From there, even though that you lost someone, I hope you'll be able to find the comfort and peace. That's what I want to say. First will become last. Last will become first. But in the kingdom's perspective, they all equally enter. Amen? Let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, we come before you with all this weary and struggling and uncertain heart. But Lord, your message is so true. Even though that we are going through a very difficult times in our life, because of the amazing grace, because of the grace that's not been treated us upon what we did and who we are, you know, how much have perhaps money that we have. You know, the, upon the grace scale, you know, we all treated equal. We're also grateful, Lord. Especially those who knew Jesus Christ first. Those who received Jesus Christ at the early age of a stage of their life. Lord, may we all take that as a privilege. Because we've got guidance, we've got the lighthouse, we've got the words of encouragement, we've got these amazing tools that we can use when it comes to very difficult time, when it comes to time that we cannot comprehend and understand. So may we as a servant of God, may we as a Christian, encouragingly and march on and defend this very difficult time, knowing that because of the grace that God has given us, that is what we need. And that's enough for our life. We pray all in our Lord Jesus Christ's name. Amen.